Hello and welcome once again to Two Loud Guys. We haven't been here in a fucking long time. It's been a very long time. And we uh And we didn't have a guitar. Yeah. My uh my brother in law has a guitar on a canoe trip right now. That's why you just heard me sing the guitar riffs that I'd normally be playing. I think it might be the show. better. How do you I think it was better? I think I think it sounded better. I think no more guitars. Just mouth guitars. Yeah. Mouth guitars. That sounds badass. Can you build me a mouth guitar? Um, sure. <laughs> you got it. All right. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. I'm Daniel Korn, everyone. And I'm Corey Gardner. We haven't been here in a fucking long ass time ago. Because you've been out in the promised land. Yep. I've been out in uh, to Israel for two weeks. And then we had a week where we just didn't fucking do anything. Because you were recovering from being an idiot. I was. I was recovering. I was getting into band practice. I had gigs. Still have gigs. Yeah, you had an awesome gig stopped. two nights ago, actually, that I, that I, oh, you that enjoyed I, I want to talk about. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, so it was the New Stems, which is the band featuring you on drums and my three other best friends <laughs> <laughs> in all the other positions. Uh, and it was you played a really, really awesome set. Like, you, got, you guys have... Uh, have developed a lot as a band, I think, and, yeah, well, you and you're leaving a lot of room for the kind of jammy aspect, and I think it really helps bring the songs into like more interesting places because rather than stick strictly to the song, it like it opens it all up more. Yeah, it's been kind of cool. It's been good for me being informalist because it means that I like I'm like I'm like I like allow myself to do that sort of. Whereas like if I only had one band, it would be like, well, I want tight songs in this one band that i'm in mm-hmm. but because i'm in two it's like yeah okay i'll have the one band for tight songs and i'll have this band for like weird jammy shit yeah and that you know it's worked out quite well for me yeah yeah no it works really well the, the sound like i mean it, it was obviously terrible acoustics because you were yeah. playing outdoors but just the outdoors doesn't always the, have terrible acoustics a lot of times it's really good actually but mm, interesting well in this case it could yeah are pretty bad i have never played a good sounding outdoor show yeah, yeah. um and yeah you know uh, you're really working that that whole sort of like two guitar, you know, psychedelic setup. Yeah, it works really well. Yeah, it's been good. You know, when you're in a band for like five years, you grow quite a lot, especially yeah, exactly. when those bands are just like your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're just kind of long way, baby. <laughs> I try, I try. Those, it's it's kind of sucks because I don't have any friends that are in bands now because all my friends that are in bands are just like bands that I am in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it kind of sucks and it's also annoying for finding shows because mm-hmm. it's like other bands I don't know any other bands cuz none of my friends are in bands because fucking all my friends are in my band. But I mean there's the whole kind of a uh, former jamtastic scene. Yeah, I mean all I, those bands. I actually do know people, but you know, it's like none of my close friends are in other bands besides They're mine. They're all in your band. They're all in mine. <laughs> I stole them all. I have I have a monopoly on all my best friends. It's true. <laughs> no one else can play in bands with them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to I wanted to make note of that. Like all right, cool. Kudos on a yeah, sweet I'm glad. set. I'm that glad. I thoroughly enjoyed, and I'm really excited for your set on Thursday too. Yeah, that show is going to be pretty cool. We have a show on Thursday if you're in Toronto at the Smiling Buddha. I don't exactly know where that is to be it's honest. Somewhere in college, I know that. Right, right, right. Uh, pretty far west, I believe, like west of Bathurst, if I remember correctly. But um. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. It's sort of meant to be like a York kickoff party, so everyone who's playing there goes to York and 
And um, yeah, it's gonna be us. We're gonna be playing two sets, I believe. And cool. We're gonna have uh, we have a DJ. We have DJ playing after us, a guy by the name of Mikey Disco, who is actually he's in the music program as well. He's actually another drummer, so I kind of know him. Um, he's gonna be spinning shit when we're done. Uh, we have a second band planned, but that might be weird. So I'm not gonna say who it is yet because it might, not, it might not be happen. true. Yeah. We magician. also yeah we have a magician coming in who's gonna be doing stuff in between in between sets and stuff. It's gonna be a really Which good is show. A wild idea. Yeah yeah, it's good uh, it a great idea. Tal Tal is very good like that. He's very good ideas man. Yeah. Um, he just knew that the people wanted magic. People always want magic. It's true. How could you not? It's true. I've never seen a magician and been like I don't want to watch this magician. <laughs> you know. It's yeah. Fucking love magicians. Who doesn't? Yeah. So yeah, what, what were you doing while I was gone, Corey? Nothing much. I uh, it was, yeah, it was a pretty uneventful few weeks. I, I just, believe it. I did a lot of hanging around, going over to friends' houses. The one friend's house. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh no. No, it's okay. The fucking we don't pick up the phone because we're on mics now. Oh yeah, good good stuff. Yeah. Ignore Fuck that. Oh no. Yeah, nothing happened. Nothing, Everything nothing is, is cool. Wrong. Don't panic. <laughs> do not adjust your televisions. Uh, what, did I do anything interesting while you were gone? I. I don't think so. All right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, did you listen to any music? Not a ton. <laughs> well. Not a ton. Why not? What's your fucking problem? Well, I listen to a lot of music, but not a lot of new stuff. That's the thing. Anything to talk about, I listened about, to a lot of Grateful Dead shows. Okay. Um, and that, that was most of what... I do have things to talk about. Can't you I, see I your Grateful Dead love is tearing everything apart, Corey? <laughs> you nah. can't talk about anything on Too Loud, guys. <laughs> you can't talk about anything with me anymore. <laughs> you won't go to any shows other than Grateful Dead shows. <laughs> Come on. Uh, it's destroying your life. No, it's enhancing my life. It's making me a better person than when I was obsessed with Kiss. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right but what what did you because i think you said you said you had something to talk i did about. no I, I listened to some new stuff all right um you know the biggest thing is that there's a lot of new stuff i tried to listen to and i just like i just couldn't get into anything yeah. like for instance especially like those albums that you were listening to while you were in israel and i said i was gonna you know, mm-hmm. i took them down to listen to and i tried listening to some of that stuff and i just like i just wasn't the right mind state i guess and i just i'd listen and be like yeah this is cool i could see me getting into this at another time and mind space but right now it's just not doing anything for me yeah a lot of the stuff i downloaded i did not listen to which is which is kind of you know par for the course because you obviously you, you get more than you can actually realistically listen to mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the idea um and it's also i didn't have as much time listening to music that i thought i would you know i had like the two flights and then sort of everything in between didn't have a whole lot of time other than a couple uh you know bus rides i tried to keep my 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 headphones off so i could talk to people and yeah and do that kind of thing and like i would have times where i just did like because it was like 40 people you know so at times where i had to just like get away and listen to music but when that was the case i wasn't listening to like new stuff really i was listening to like old stuff because i had a craving for mm-hmm. my music you know and whatnot yeah, so what did sure. you what did you try to listen to um i try listening to that explosions in the sky album because mm-hmm. i always thought they were pretty cool but i just couldn't get into that while um, we're on the topic actually i actually listened to both of the albums which were How Strange Innocence, which is, I think, their first album. And I forget what the other one was called. I'm going to look it up right now. 
It's something about like now I miss everybody. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. Um, I think that was the one I tried listening to. So all of a sudden I miss everyone. Mm-hmm. So I felt like How Strange Innocence is their first album, and I didn't like it at all. I found it pretty boring, as I expected I would. Sort of, you know, it's like I, you know, the post rock as a genre has kind of diminishing returns because once you. Uh, once you sort of hear the things that genre has to offer, every band just kind of does those things. It's such a it becomes like, like a one trick pony. Yeah, it's like because that genre has a very specific sound, and so unless you have bands that sort of go outside of that or bands that originated it, a lot of the other stuff in between to me is kind of boring. Explosion in the Sky are one of the earlier bands, though, right? They their first album was from two thousand, so not really. And that and like when. Did Godspeed You start? Not like late 90s, like 97, I want to say, or something. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, it, it's sort of, I don't know. There, the other album I listened to was a lot better. How Strange Innocence is weird because it, it's actually kind of interesting. It has this very raw tone, which is kind of an interesting thing to hear in post-rock. But it's like, yeah, th- their song structures didn't really do much for me. It, I, I felt it was pretty predictable. I don't really like their drummer all that much, which is pretty important for me. Um, but I did listen to the first half of the other one, All of a Sudden I Miss Everyone, which is from much sooner, like I think it's from 2007. Um, and that one seemed a lot better. So I, the jury is still out for me on Explosions in the Sky, but the, the one album I listened to all the way through, I didn't really like it all. I thought it was pretty boring. But that's also not their classic album. Like, they have one classic, they have two classic albums, like some from in the middle of their career, and I forget what they're called, but those aren't the ones I have. So maybe I should listen to those or, or do something like, like that. I don't know. But yeah, I feel pretty raw about Explosions in the Sky. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, uh, listen to the new Domo album. Domo Genesis. Domo Genesis and, and The Alchemist. Um, the album's called No Idols. I like it. It's good. Yeah, it's I don't cool. I don't intend to listen to it I all like that much. I like the beats more than I like anything else about it. I mean, I you know what? I I take that back. I like the way the beats complement Domo's voice sure more than i like anything he you know any of the raps themselves yeah i think there's a couple good raps i actually i think me and my bitch is a really funny song it's about his love of 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 pot hmm i guess like i listened that that song has an amazing beat that song's got an an awesome awesome beat to it it's like all these like flutes and stuff it's like very very cool beat um and a song that i really really like. like i think it's i think it's like pretty funny it's witty it's it's pretty smart yeah, Earl's verses are good. I know you you don't really know about them or like. Well, no, I just yeah, I was kind of I felt underwhelmed by them. I really like. He's only on three songs, right? And yeah. the third song that he's on, he doesn't rap. He just sort of like sings half of the hook hmm. of the song. It's a shitty hook, so he's not really great on that one. But the other two, yeah, his verses are pretty sweet on the other two tracks that he's on. I think. Yeah, I mean his verses on a uh, torture chamber, whatever that song's called, are yeah. pretty cool. His voice has gotten interesting too. Like he's got, sort of gotten a little gruffer. Yeah, it's true. Bit. He sounds older. He sounds deeper and older, yeah. And I guess, you know, when he started, he was so young that it only makes sense that now he would kind of sound more post-pubescent. Definitely. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I don't really... I've listened to that album probably two or three times, and I don't really see myself listening to it much more other than of after that. But yeah. yeah, I think the production is really great on that album. It's very, really unique stuff. Yeah, The Alchemist can always be uh, counted on for cool beats. Definitely. Um... Something else I wanted to say about that album, I think. I don't know. I just I just generally like the trend that Odd Future seem to be going in of like 
kind of getting more mature and like yeah like demo is like not really i mean other than me and my bitch which even then is like a very subtle i mean it's not necessarily subtle but it's not like yo stoner rap mm-hmm. it's like i love pot and that's all he's not, he's not being like gangster about it or anything he's just saying like i really like it yeah um and everything else on the you know everything else on the album like the first track is about how like he he needs to do hip-hop to like you know, help his mom out sort of and yeah, like the yeah, pressure that, that he sort cool. of, that he sort of feels and, and him being lonely and like all that stuff. It's a good thing. I think. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see him step out of his usual kind of tough guy, swagger, weed loving sort of persona. Yeah. So that, that's definitely what I like about the tape too. Mm-hmm. At the same time though, it almost takes away some of Domo's originality or like sort of his, his spot in, in odd future. Cause you know, he was sort of the, 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 uh, the stoner rapper. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the was method the man. Rapper. Yeah, exactly. He was the method man or the red man. What, what have you? Um, and I don't know with, with, with that personality relinquished a little bit, I wonder how much of a place Demogenesis has. Cause he's not the best, like he's a good rapper. He's fine. He's got an okay flow, but he's not amazing. No, you know, he's not, not mind blowing. He's, he's probably out of everyone in odd future other, like every rapper in odd future. He's probably the worst one. Yeah, maybe. But you know, I think <clears throat> what's more important is that he collaborates really well with the other members and yeah, his flow, true. you know, especially like with Haji Beats, you know, the two of them complement each other really well. Yeah, definitely. And so that kind of, I feel that's more where they're going. Cause I think they're probably going to be working on an album together or something I heard. Well, I know Mellow Hype has a new <laughs> album coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know yeah, what I think so. it might've been? I think it was going to be like Haji Domo and Earl wanted to work on something together or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be way down for that. Yeah. Um, all right. What else did I listen to? I listened to um Ratatat, Ratatat's album cool. Classics, which is a good album that kind of bores me. Mhm. Yeah, they have a really cool sound, but yeah. you know, I I had a good few weeks in high school where I was listening to them like every day and I've never listened to them since then. <laughs> well, you know, when you when you get into a band like that, that tends to happen. Yeah. Like exactly. when you get into a band where you get into them for, like that's that had to move Cage the Elephant, where Cage the Elephant's album I listened to like that was exclusively what I listened to for like two or three days, mm-hmm. and I have not listened to them since. Yeah, I guess usually when you get that like you just overload, deep into something, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. Especially when it is like one album is not something that yeah has a huge range of material that you can dig into. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do think they have a cool sound, and I was kind of surprised to learn that they're just like a bassist and a and a guitar player, right? Which is kind of cool. I mean, they obviously you know they program all the drums and stuff yeah, and everything yeah. else, but... and like synths and stuff. Yeah. Which makes it a little weird when you see them live. Like I, I was watching live videos because I want to see what they did, and they just play like play to a track. Which I'm not sure how effective that so it's is. Just a guitarist and a bassist yeah. playing to a track. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of lame. It's a little lame. That doesn't sound fun. No, not really. Anyways, they're cool. Very like chill. Um, kind of. You know, I guess it's not electronic music really because it's a guitar and a bass player. But like, yeah. it sounds electronic. It's got a lot of like sort of beats. It does. Like this sort of like chilled out electronic kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. It sounds like to me. It kind of sounds like like hip hop beats, you know, in an electronic kind of style with Brian May playing soaring lead <laughs> guitar parts. Yeah, over that's top. A, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Which was always which is always what was cool about it is those very Queen style leads yeah. that he played. 
Well, you were saying also that you weren't really into like a specific album, right? Like you listened to them sort of on it's shuffle. It's true. I did. I think I was most, if there was an album I kind of enjoyed the most, it was actually classics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mostly I just had all their stuff and like all their remixes and everything. And I would just listen to that on shuffle every day. Cool. Yeah, I just thought classics is kind of long. And each individual song on classics is also a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of how, it, it, it seems like really good background music. And then when it's sort of the only thing you're doing. Like I had uh, on the flight ride on the, on the plane ride home, I slept for a bit because I hadn't slept the night before, but I couldn't really sleep. I've discovered for some reason that I can't really sleep on planes, which I used to be so good at, and now I'm really bad at it for some reason. And my Game Boy was out of battery, and I didn't really feel like reading, so I was only listening to music and I was only listening to Ratatat, and it was like a little bit like wasn't entertaining me hmm. by itself. You know, it's like it's really good stuff to have on the background. I feel, but yeah. But, as a primary thing, it doesn't really work as well. Um, listen to Justice, Justice's first album, The Cross. Nice, that's a fun album. That album is really good. Uh, I haven't listened. That's another like thing I haven't listened to since high school, but that I was like obsessed with in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's really cool. I mean, I've been looking for more stuff like Daft Punk recently, right. and Justice fill that void quite well. Yeah, definitely. Because they sound, they have the similar like new funk kind of thing. They're even, I mean, they're a duo from France. Exactly. So like they're even same same origins and everything. Yeah, um, I mean, they definitely wear their Daft Punk influence on their sleeve. Yeah. And at the same time, they sound, you know, they, they sort of have their own sound. And, yes, exactly. And they, also, they, they never sound like, it, you never feel like you're just listening to second rate Daft Punk. Yeah. It's just like you're listening to a cool group who happens to sound kind of like Daft yeah. Punk. Yeah, and they're also, you know, like, they sound they sound newer, you know? Their music is like mm. kind of grimier and a little bit dirtier and yeah. sort of like more heavy, heavy beats and stuff. Yeah, definitely. And sort of less of the sort of nice post-disco of, of Daft Punk and, mm-hmm. and more like blah, blah, blah kind of sound. Yeah, especially like what's the like the last track on the album? Uh, I forget. <clears throat> yeah, but there's like this one track on it that's just so heavy and bassy. It's um dance rehearsal. Mm, it's not that one. One minute to midnight. I think it's oh no Nazareth. Waters of Nazareth. Waters of Nazareth. That yeah. track's crazy. Yeah. Just really good stuff. Like I feel like it's just like really really well made, yeah. awesome stuff. And D A N C E is an incredible single. Yeah. That's a great pop tune. Yeah. Just good tunes all around, like just like really good songs and really fucking sweet. I want to go to a club where all they play is like Daft Punk and Justice and Fatboy Slim and things that sound like that. I bet in France, there's you know there are clubs where they play only like that kind of like. I guess so. There must be if that shit comes from France, you know. Yeah, like probably not like Fatboy Slim stuff, but stuff that sounds like Daft Punk and Justice. Fatboy Slim's a little bit too American, I guess. Exactly. But it, I mean, I still, I still feel, you know, like when I was gro- you know, growing up in the '90s, I always got confused between Daft Punk and, and Fatboy Slim. Hmm, they have a somewhat similar sound. I mean, I think it's, you know, they're both kind of progressive electronic acts, yeah, who kind of take a lot of unique and sort of like rock and pop sort of influences. Um, and, you know, I guess it also reaches a point where it's kind of hard to blur the lines because there's so many you know electronic is such a huge umbrella yeah, of for so many similar styles mm-hmm. but I, I, I feel like you could put Daft Punk and Fatboy Slim into the same family it could just be because they were both sort of the the predominant uh, electronic acts of the 90s yeah maybe in that you know? sense but I think they still occupy pretty different niches you know like Fatboy Slim kind of gets gets tossed into the sort of a 
that whole like big beat movement, I guess is what okay. they called it. Whereas Daft Punk, you know, are very squarely like French house music. Yeah. I guess Fatboy Slim is a little bit like loopier. <clears throat> exactly. He's a lot yeah. more hip hop influenced yeah. because it's that sort of scene. That's true. So yeah, dug that album. Uh, I kind of want to check out the Cross or not Cross Two, whatever their new album. I'm really interested. I in hear their it's new not album, good, at but all. yeah, it's just getting terrible. I've heard it's really bad. Terrible things to say about it all over the internet. That's what makes me want to listen to it, though. Me too. That's what really <laughs> interests me because, like, if they, you know, apparently they attempted to create this arena rock overblown yeah. kind of dance yeah. album, and that sounds fascinating. That sounds kind of awesome. Exactly, it does sound kind of awesome, but I'm, you know, I'm. I bet it falters. You're probably yeah. You know when when the when the opinion is overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it's probably not good. But I I really want to listen to it though. Me too. Yeah. Um, you listened to Kurt Vile before? Uh, I think I uh, there was a point where I was kind of like getting a bit into him, and I found his stuff pretty cool. But then I just never went any further into it. I got his last album, which is called Smoke Ring Smoke Ring for My Halo, and that album's fucking sweet. It's really it's like, good. Kind of like lo-fi sort of singer-songwriter stuff, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, that makes it sound kind of uninteresting, which it isn't. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually like well, because he's kind does, of like a punk rock guy, right? Well, he's in a band called The War on Drugs, who sort of do, or he was in a band called The War on Drugs, who were actually their last album, which came out last year or two years ago, was a pretty big deal on Sputnik mm-hmm. and sort of in the indie rock scene. And I didn't my really, cousin loves them. Yeah, I didn't really dig it at all personally. I think it's a little boring, but. But yeah, he was he was sort of the front man of that band, hmm. and uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're it's pretty cool. It's a sort of hypnotic, very emotional kind of kind of angsty, but not in like a, not in like an emo way, like sort of a low a low key angst, I guess. These all sound like the same descriptors you would use to, when talking about Elliot Smith. So is it kind of like that sort of I style? I wouldn't really say it's like Elliot Smith. No, it's a little bit more. It's less like, oh, look at these beautiful songs, mm-hmm. and more like it, it's a little bit more, uh, more modest. Maybe I would say, L- a little bit less, uh, a little bit more. Ellie Smith's kind of mysterious, but I, I want to say a little bit more mysterious, kind of a little bit, a little bit enigmatic. Maybe less Beatles influenced. Definitely less Beatles influenced. Yes, I mean, I w- I would say Kurt Vile. I mean, I don't know about his earlier stuff, but. Uh, his last like it sounds to me like what Bob Dylan would sound like. He also has a sort of Bob Dylan-y kind of a voice in that it's like it's it's very weird. He enunciates words kind of strangely. Um, it's a little bit mono monotone kind of. It's very distinct. He's got a very distinct voice, and uh, yeah, it sounds kind of like Bob Dylan if he was still making music now, but he was also still in his twenties. That's interesting. Yeah. So kind of like it's it's pretty it, like the the what he does with those songs is pretty unique and, and kind of cool. Um, he's got a lot of really nice sort of personal commentary and I think his lyrics are really, really good. And uh, yeah, it's a sort of experimental folk album, I guess, is probably the best thing to call it. Yeah, and I think he's really good. I want to check out his earlier stuff because I've been getting pretty heavily into him. Yeah, he was an artist who I always felt, like I remember at one point I had his albums kind of hanging around my computer, yeah. and I always felt like he was going to be like someone I'd have a phase with, but yeah. it just hasn't come yet. <laughs> but I just knew, like I knew once I first heard him, like I don't remember what he sounded like anymore, yeah. but I remember listening to him and being like, I'm going to have a phase with this guy. <laughs> He's like some girl at a bar. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to have a sweet night with this one. I'm going to tap that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you have anything? I feel like I've been talking. I've been saying a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah. anything else you got? Well, yeah. There's there was one day in particular where I really took in some new music because uh, it was a day. You know, I've I guess on that on this particular, day, I was just kind of like really digging on. Uh, Grateful Dead's 1970 album Working Man's Dead which is where they sort of shifted from being a psychedelic band to being a country band and uh and like that kind of stuff you know like stuff like that album and other stuff from the early 70s like Graham Parsons and like you know little bits of what Bob Dylan and Neil Young did with country and stuff is the kind of country music that moves me the most and that at its best tends to move me more than almost any other style of popular music um and so I so I like specifically went looking for kind of like country rock or cosmic country if you will albums from that kind of era and i actually i, I came away with some pretty good stuff um uh, so one thing is a band that jerry garcia from the dead was actually involved in they were called uh, new riders of the purple sage and they were kind of uh and, and jerry garcia didn't play guitar but he played pedal steel in the band and i haven't and heard of this band before i feel like i've heard good um, I've heard, I feel like I've heard about most of the the sort of Jerry Garcia side projects, but I've never heard of that one before. Mm. Yeah, it was a it was a good one. So they played some, you know, the pedal steel is what really gets me. Like that sure. sound is just so beautiful, and like you know, because I th- I feel the songs are all really kind of like jangly kind of pop songs. You know, almost in closer closer in spirit to like the birds than to a lot of actual country is how I kind of feel. When about was it. this from again? It's from probably like seventy or something. Okay. Um, yeah, like right around the time Working Man's Dead came out. And so it's got some like decent songs, but the pedal steel just completes it and just and just makes it feel so so warm. <laughs> and another band who I found that during that day is a pretty obscure country rock band called the Pure Prairie League. And they're a really cool band. They were maybe the best one that I found that day. Um, and then, do you know the Everly Brothers? no you you know their name and i feel that's why you were hesitant with the answer because they were like a really really popular vocal duo who were sort of uh, who were just like really really influential in the 50s and stuff and they just had these really beautiful harmonies that were really influential on like simon and garfunkel and on a lot of rock music too mm-hmm. um and so in the late 60s when there was all this kind of you know, when rock music was shifting from psychedelic into all these more Roots-inspired kind of things, Everly Brothers created an album called Roots where they do a bunch of covers of country songs. And that's, uh, and you know, it has that kind of cosmic country sound, which, by the way, is not cosmic a term I've made country. up. It's a term, it was the term that Graham Parsons, the hmm. essentially the father of country rock, kind of used to describe his music because he didn't really like to refer to his music as country but he didn't really like it being referred to as rock necessarily either. So he kind of, he decided to call it cosmic country and that's kind of, so to me like that whole, all those sort of like country rock bands can be classified so similarly. It, I mean, where does the cosmic come from? Does it sound like space rock? Well, I guess the thing is that it's sort of, because it's country music that's very inspired by rock, it ends up, you know, taking on certain psychedelic kind of qualities. Okay. And I think Graham Parsons was just really obsessed with outer space. Like he, <laughs> him and his friends used to go to the Joshua tree and like drop acid and look for UFOs. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, he was an interesting character, that, that Graham Parsons. He wrote some beautiful songs. Did I tell you I saw a UFO in Israel? A real UFO? <laughs> yeah, for reals. I, I legitimately it, believe it was a UFO. 
from where? Where do you think? I was. Uh, you so when you that kind of stuff. yeah. Oh, I totally believe in aliens. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's weird. How could you not believe in aliens? I don't know. I mean, you're just such a like I kind of do in a way, but I don't believe they would ever be on Earth. But even just taking any of that aside, I, no, no, you're such I a skeptical person. That's true. I am. That I did I not. Just, it was because I saw it with my own eyes. It was not. It was not like a. It was not. It was not a an alien walking around. Of I was, course. I was okay. I was stargazing. In Israel, we were sleeping at these Bedouin tents. Bedouins are like a really interesting nomadic culture, and you, uh, there's this, but there's like this touristy kind of area out. In the, they live in the desert of Israel, and uh, there's this tourist area where it's like a, it's like all these Bedouin tents set up, and it's like there are bathrooms and exit signs and stuff, but there are also real Bedouins walking around, and they sort of like teach you about their culture, and it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a very interesting culture that I haven't looked more into, but I meant to. Um, is there a particular like religious alignment or it's just no, all not types really. of people? I mean, uh, I feel like they're mostly Muslim, I think. Pretty sure. But it's not an exclusive club? No, I think it just it just sort of has worked out that way because mm-hmm. of what the culture is. They're Bedouins, that's what they are. Um, anyways, so we were out stargazing. The stars were fucking amazing there. It was like super clear and so many stars all over the place it was like there are so many stars everywhere that you can't figure out where the big dipper is because there's just stars everywhere hmm. it's pretty cool yeah um, we're surrounded beautiful. we're surrounded by all these mountains and stuff also and we're like out in like the desert sitting on these rocks it's pretty cool so we're looking up at the stars i'm just like talking with some people and i fucking see this thing on the it's on like the left from from where i was standing on the left side of the sky and it and i had already seen like nine shooting stars tonight that like wow. that night you have to understand and I, but this was not a shooting star this was like a crazy fucking thing it was like um it was like this thing and it went across the sky with a blue tail behind it like a blue streak behind it and then when it got to the right side of the sky like from where i was looking it sort of like flashed and disappeared fucking crazy I mean that sounds fucking crazy. That sounds crazy, but like surely there's a logical explanation. Aliens, for aliens is the logical explanation. <laughs> That's the most unreasonable possible <laughs> explanation. <laughs> That's what crazy people say about those kinds of occurrences. <laughs> it's got to happen sooner or later, man. It's got to happen. Does we, it? Oh yeah. It's ever going to happen? Oh, you're crazy. You know, because my whole belief around the possibility of other life forms you know is hinges on the idea that they would never have any business coming to earth or even any knowledge of earth because why would they what good would it do you know because i imagine that they are beings and cultures that we could never possibly comprehend and it would probably just make our make our brain explode if we ever encountered one of them well they don't have to be super smart just because they've mastered intergalactic space not necessarily not 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 intelligence necessarily but just in that I, you know, I can only imagine that they wouldn't be anything like anything that's on Earth, so we would have no frame of reference for them, and that would just fry our brains. Because they <laughs> would, would just be... fry your brains? Because, because we can't comprehend, you know, because in all our stories about aliens and stuff, we naturally turn them into insect-like beings or humanoids that's or animals. Always, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, because they, they, we can't, they, they because we can't imagine anything beyond, you know, just hybrids of what already exists on Earth. And I imagine that beings that exist out on other planets ha- like have nothing in common with anything it's as possible. we understand it on Earth. Sure. And that idea to me has always just been like my kind of central me, idea. But if they're a culture, if they're a culture that has mastered space travel, 
then they definitely have a way to communicate, which yes, means I, that you can you can communicate with them. If they came them. here, but that's the thing. That's why I imagine that they wouldn't. No, yeah, why wouldn't they? I d- for what reason? They may as well. They're 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 going around space. They're like, oh, what's this place? I'll go check it out. Why the hell not? Wouldn't we have met them by now, though? Like, wouldn't we have gone to their plans if no, we're just that we easy? No, because we don't fucking use space. We're stupid. We're stupid because we fucking pull all of our space travel money. So, like, while now we should already be fucking, like, living on another planet, basically, we're not. Because after the 60s, like, we pull all of our funding from, or the Americans, I guess, not us. But, like, Americans fucking pull all their funding from NASA, and now NASA's not happening. And there's other places in the world that, that finance their space programs more, but not nearly as much as they should be. No one's looking towards the future, like the real future. The alien The future. alien future, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think aliens are going to dominate us or anything. Of you know? course, I don't think that you're that crazy. No, 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 no certainly not. But this is a weird side of you. <laughs> I, think it, I, 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 just, I just think it's impossible <laughs> otherwise. I used to read a lot of science fiction. What do you want from me? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just it, though. No, it could totally be real. There's no reason it couldn't be. The fucking space is too big for there to not be intelligent life forms. And I agree. That's where I do agree with you. Okay. But beyond that, I just think that the idea of them ever coming here, ever having any reason to come here, unless... Maybe we, we have a resource they need. I was maybe just they say, really want corn. Sure. Like, maybe they know that we have some resource that they do not have that they need, but I just find that to be kind of far-fetched. Or maybe they fucking don't. Like, you know, we go to planets all the time that we know people aren't on just to check out the planet. Just to see what's up. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too, though. They've got to be so far from us that they must have the most. How do you know how far they are from us? Because we know all the planets that are in our solar system, and we know that they do not have intelligent life on them. Right. We're not. It's not in our solar system, but like space is constantly expanding. There could be fucking anything out there. Our solar system is a very small part of space. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. I feel like to get to a, the next solar system, it's still got to be so far. And I've always believed that in the next solar system, it's entirely it is, it possible. Is. It is. It is extremely life. far. But that's why that's why we wouldn't go to them. They would come to us. Yeah, I guess so. Because there, there's no way for us to go to them because we don't have any money in our in, in going to space. Well, if it happens, I'll give you twenty bucks. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> but if it doesn't happen, well, I'll be dead. So I can't really help you out. It's true. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's a lose lose for me. UFOs, yeah. Graham Parsons. So, yeah. So back to country music. <laughs> back to the back to the music of our people. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, people from Earth is what I mean by our people who still love aliens. No, I, I mean people from Earth as opposed to the aliens. Yeah, yes. but they're people on Earth making music for aliens. Right, that's sure. what cosmic country is. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so then, so the last album that I got on this day, at least I think it was the last one, was um, this album called Blue Ridge Rangers, and that's another cool one, which, like the Everly Brothers, is kind of covers of country songs. But it was an interesting one because it's John Fogerty from Creedence mm. Clearwater Revival, and like you know, back in the seventies when he quit ccr i guess he went off to do his own project but he didn't want blue ridge rangers to sell off of his name so he released it as an album and he didn't put his name anywhere on it and uh and release it that way and i guess it's since then been released as like john fogarty's blue ridge rangers or whatever but at the time it was it was just unknown that it was him and it's cool because his voice he doesn't kind of you know 
John Fogarty is always kind of an interesting singer because he has such an earnest, powerful rock voice. Mm -hmm. And that voice worked really, really well when kind of singing these softer sort of country songs. Yeah. <clears throat> I, got, I believe that. Yeah. So was that? I, that's pretty nice stuff. Yeah. it's That's a disappointing thing, though. Blue Range Rangers. Blue was Ridge it? Rangers. Blue Ridge Rangers. That sounds like a fucking badass fighting force. Not a bunch of country <laughs> musicians, you know? I guess. But country is Rangers. badass. Rangers, man. Country's the most badass. Country's only sometimes badass. Come on, country's not always badass. Well, not every the good countries. Not badass, every country so. guy was an OG. It's true, you know. But John Fogerty was. Was he? I don't think he is. I'm pretty sure he just like likes to hang by his bayou, and that's it. <laughs> nah, he's <an> OG. <laughs> he's not like a cowboy, like a lot of the country guys should be if they were badass. I guess, but that but that's the thing. I guess he became a cowboy when he made that album, mm. a cosmic cowboy. Nah, man, you don't just choose to be a cowboy for an album. A cowboy is a lifestyle. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> John Fogarty was always kind of a cowboy. He was like a '70s hippie cowboy. I honestly don't fucking know anything about John Fogarty. <laughs> you should listen to uh, Green River by CCR. That's a really good album. Yeah, I like CCR generally. So. I'd probably like it. Yeah. I don't know if I could if I could handle an, an album's worth of CCR. Well, you know, what's nice about it is that it's in the 70s, so it's like a half-hour long album. Okay. It's got some really good tunes on it. I'd hit that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, tap it. Yeah, um, so that was my day of country music, which is not okay. all the new stuff I listened to while you were gone, but it was like the day that I soaked in the most different kind of stuff that I, I hadn't see. heard before. That's cool. Um... Still haven't listened to Illmatic. Oh, man, that's a real shame. Well, okay, what happened, the, what keeps sucking me out is that on my iPod now, I fixed it on my iTunes, but on my actual iPhone, um, there's one song that is that sh is showing up as a separate album, I think because like, the album artist is different or something. So it's like, I don't want to listen. Is it the one song that has a guest on it? Maybe. it's. Um, is it uh, Life's a Bitch? No, I don't think so. I'll, hold on, let me just look it up real quick. It's um, One Love, hmm. for some reason, was a was a different track. So that psyched me out for listening to the whole album because I was like, I don't want to miss this one song. And I don't yeah. want to, you That's know. That's a good song, too. Yeah. Q-Tip produced it. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, so I listened to, I've listened to the first two songs of, of Illmatic. And it seems. So like the first track and then the first song. Yeah. The first track yeah, yeah, the yeah, intro. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, not, not nearly enough to, to judge. Yeah. For sure. You said it was a half an hour. It's 40 minutes. Is it 40 minutes? Oh, it's 40 minutes. You lied to me. Huh. I, why did I think it was? I thought it was like shorter. Weird. Mm. I fine. mean, 40 minutes Whatever. is still shorter. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. 40 minutes is still. Is then still, all the hip hop yeah, albums. 40 minutes is still a perfectly, a perfectly legitimate time for a hip hop album to be. Yeah. Length of time. Um, yeah, so still haven't listened to that. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I feel like it's been hyped up for me now. Like it's been so hyped up for me that I don't even want to listen to it. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, you know? How, I know how you feel. I get that. <laughs> but, but when you listen to it, it'll just, it'll just be so good that right. none of the hype, the hype will all dissipate in your mind, okay. and you'll just be left with good music. All right, I believe you. I do. I really, really do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would. Normally, I'd transition that to another hip hop album, but I can't do that because I don't have any other ones. Right, but well, I there's, did. There's uh, one hip hop album I've been listening to. Oh yeah, to. yeah. Go ahead. Um, and it was one that 
that my friend Michael at school, who I'm excited to go back and start rapping with again, <laughs> uh, he was like really, really into this and he'd always suggest it to me. And so it's been sitting around my computer and I just recently finally decided like, man, I haven't listened to a hip hop album in a really long time. Started getting into it. It's called Lone Sharks by a group from New York called Doppelgangas. And, uh, and they do really cool stuff. You know, firstly, the beats on the album are just impeccable, like front to back, just like perfect kind of grimy New York style beats with like just really nice, nice, uh, kind of like drum sound with like, just like perfect bass at all times. And that's really good. Uh, and the raps are, are solid. Like, you know, nothing mind blowing, but nothing, uh, insulting either you know it's like they're all pretty well thought out kind of unique ideas at times for hip-hop like like one of the members is like really seems to be really into like the occult and stuff and he drops that into a lot of his rhymes cool and that always appealed to me yeah that's so cool. yeah that's a good album in direct contrast to that I delved into Regina Spector's discography. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, I've always had Soviet Kitsch. I've had Soviet Kitsch and and Begin to Hope, mm-hmm. but I never really listened to Begin to Hope all the way through. I love Soviet Kitsch. like her newest one a lot, what we saw from the Cheap Seats. I've talked about it on here before. Right. But I've never listened to Far, which seems to be the album that a lot of people like a lot. A lot of our friends, a lot of our friends who are girls, seem to really like Far. Hmm. See, I know our friend Jay, who was always really into Regina Spector, did not like Far when it came out. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, and girls were like anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just we kidding, ladies. We don't mean it. We don't mean it. <laughs> you um, know I love you. Yeah, part of this was spurred on by this girl that I met on my trip, who I won't talk about right now. Um, I, I want to hear about her. Uh, okay, later. Later. <laughs> I don't know if she's gonna listen to this shit. You know, it's all right, cool. You know, but you, you already know. mentioned her, so now she knows. Even if she is listening, mm. you may as well just go the whole way and and talk about how pretty her hair is. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was just this cool girl that I hung out with a lot. She and, smelled uh, nice. <laughs> she had a wistful <laughs> voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just this girl, and and uh, who who like uh, she was pretty much like my closest friend on the trip, and and it was sort of just uh, um. I don't know. She was just like was talking about how much she liked Regina Spector, and so that like when I got home, she she lives in, in BC and like also is is still in Greece right now. Like she extended her trip to Greece. That's cool. Um, so that made me, you know, I I got back home, and it's it's always weird. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience before because you never went to camp or anything. But like when you are with a group of people for like a really long time and you're used to like being around people all the time, the first couple nights home are like supremely lonely and yeah. very weird. They're like very surreal. I can I can definitely understand that. Of feeling. course, yeah. But it's a uh, it's it's a really weird and kind of powerful and interesting feeling. So so yeah. So you know I, I got a little wistful and whatever. And Regina Spector has pretty wistful music in the first place. Yeah. It's so true. it was kind of working out. So so I delved into that a little bit. And Begin to Hope is a much better album than I thought it was. Yeah, that was the like that was my favorite album of hers in high school. Yeah. I used to listen to that album a lot. That album's really really good. I always sort of thought it was like a little bit too poppy for me, but I disagree with that now, mm-hmm. and I actually like it a lot. Yeah, it's a very poppy album, but in a good way. Yeah. Then I listen to some of Far, and Far seems to be a bit more of a downer than Begin to Hope or Soviet Kitsch are. So I only listened to like about half of it and then stopped. Because you started crying. You yeah, I was. Stop. Well, I was cutting onions at the time, so it wasn't really my fault. Oh, you know? okay, okay. It was the onions. I know. I know how to act. You know. You know. Did you listen to her first album, Eleven Eleven? No, I've I've only been going from Soviet Kitchen on. Oh, okay. 
Eleven Eleven was a really cool album. It's a lot jazzier than a lot of the stuff she would go on to do. A lot, a lot more rough around the edges. Is it? Uh, is it still? Is it like solo piano still? Yeah. If anything, I think. Cause, if cause, I remember correctly, it's more solo piano. Well, yeah, that than would any be, of her other Well, because Soviet Kitsch is a very is very much mostly just her on a piano. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one song on there. There's that one weird punk song on there. Which uh, which has a full band. It's like really heavy and awesome. But then other than that, it's all it's all her. I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the first one's strings. very piano and maybe like some like stand up bass. Yeah, cool. That sounds rad. Yeah. There's are there two before Soviet Kids or just the one? Yeah, there there's a, there might even be more than two. Like, I think there's, there's like two. a few albums. I, I feel all her pre Soviet Kitsch albums are kind of like obscure today. But yeah, there were a like a bit. few of them. There they're, were like three. They're certainly not as well known, and they were you know very much Soviet Kitsch was her break at her her breakthrough. Yeah. I believe there are two before Soviet Kitsch. I don't think there's more. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I I, I really really like Regina Spector. <clears throat> yeah, me cool. too. She's I haven't been into her Woody. in a long time. She's got, I was got her. really good lyrics. She's very charismatic, which I like a lot. Like the weird shit she does with her voice is always fun to hear. Yeah. Um, putting on weird accents and whatnot. Yeah, she's quirky. She's quirky, and she's just like, it's really good songs that I like a lot that make me sad. <laughs> but in a good way. You know how, you know when you're sad, but you're like, this is okay. Well, it's like, you know those maybe, times? maybe it's not sad so much as sort of like a sort of feeling of like nostalgia. Maybe. I already used the word wistful, but yeah. I think that's a pretty good word. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like a positive melancholy. Yeah, yeah. You you just have those times where you're sort of walking around and you're like, I'm kind of lonely right now and I'm kind of sad, but I'm okay with it. It actually feels kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have those times. That's what the Smiths are for. I don't listen to the Smiths. <laughs> that, think, that's your first I problem. I think they're kind of boring. That's your first problem. I said it. I said it. I don't like the Smiths. I don't, even, I don't really like Morrissey. Well, I mean, Morrissey as a person or Morrissey as a singer? Um... I don't know. He's an obnoxious just, person. Is he? I I don't really know anything about Morrissey, but like just uh, he's just kind of he's just kind of pompous. I believe that. No, he's a fine singer. I don't know. I just I just don't really like any of the musical projects projects that he's involved with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Smiths seem to be a very love it or hate it kind of band. Yeah. A little bit. And it's weird because like our friends are all people who hate them. <laughs> and like, I don't think they hate. Like I don't hate the you know, Smiths. Our, I don't. All I just our don't guy friends don't like the Smiths. I, guess. I just it's not yeah, like girlfriends. But all our fucking do. guy friends also don't like the Ramones. So That's whatever. True. You know, it's like so. What do they? What do they? What do they even matter? They <laughs> don't. Right. They don't matter. If you don't like the Ramones. You you just don't matter. <laughs> I certainly Move don't. Out of the way, Grimms. <laughs> I certainly don't hate the Smiths. I just <laughs> I, I I just don't particularly identify with. Yeah, them. and you've listened to their best album, so there's so just no hear. hope at that point. Well, that's not always true. Queen is dead. I might. You know, like the Smiths. Smiths are one of those bands that, like, as a person who likes music, you're supposed to like. So it's like... I guess, but but they're very, you know, they divide a lot of people, too. A lot of, like, the, a lot of, like hip people like the Smiths, I guess. The I Smiths guess are kind of, kind of a hip thing. band to like. Because they were sort of a very important kind of early alternative rock band. Yeah. Or, like, you know, even sort of one of the earliest important indie bands. Yeah. All the people that I think are cool in movies listen to the Smiths. That's true. So I feel like I should listen to the Smiths just just by way of that. <laughs> well, I mean, I know there's like 500 Days of Summer. I can't really think yeah. of anything else. I mean, just, people will mention it. I'm sure. I think I'm pretty sure the guy in High Fidelity likes the Smiths. Oh yeah, like, I guess that's a, that's a thing. Is like if I feel like the people in High Fidelity all like the Smiths, which makes me think that but I should not like the cool, Smiths. Though. Isn't the whole point of that movie that they're losers like us who just sit around? Well, no. <laughs> the main the main music. guy is cool. The main guy is cool. No, he's the worst one. No, he though. gets so many ladies. 
Yeah, but he's such an asshole. Yeah, but he gets especially so many in the ladies, movie, which is why like he's in the cool. book, his character had some redeeming qualities, but in the movie, he's just such a prick. I still I haven't hated, read the book. I hated fucking what's, yeah, his, he, what's the actor's name? Uh, John, John John Cusack. Cusack. God, I hated him really? so much. Really? Uh, I love that movie. He made me sick. To I really my like stomach. that. <laughs> I really like that movie a lot. I haven't read the book, but I I, I do yeah, really. And enjoy I guess that was the thing. I like that book was so important to me, and I saw the movie after. I still have to read that book. I saw another Nick Hornby book the other day at cover notes and i almost bought it because i really like nick hornby yeah see my problem with him is that i you know i i'm afraid to read any of his stuff other than high fidelity because i know none of it's gonna kind of be about you, the same kind of theme of you're right music you're right and that was such a well big part actually you know there's one that just that came out a couple years ago called juliet naked i believe where the cover is like ipod headphones so that one could be about music i haven't read it uzi read it and said it was really good uh, and I happen to think A Long Way Down is an amazing, amazing book. Like yeah. Probably one of the best books I've ever yeah, read. Yeah, I should, I should make that a part of my leisurely reading. I'd recommend you year. do it. Like, Long Way Down is a really, really, really good book. And there's one guy in there who listens to music. He's like a rocker. It's, there's yeah, like you know, four imagine, main characters. I imagine that Hornsby being the kind of aficionado of music that he is always puts it in somewhere. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Anyways, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> Oh, the Smiths. But where were we talking about that? You were that? talking about Regina Spector. Yeah, why? <laughs> why was I talking? How did we get to the Smiths from Regina? Oh, uh, doesn't matter. You know, like Whatever. sad kind of right. feelings. Right, right, right. In general. Yeah. But yeah, the Smiths. I should listen to the Smiths. Every time, every day, almost every day, I wake up and I go like, should I listen to the Smiths today? <laughs> and then I go, no. <laughs> today might be a Smiths day. And it's never a Smiths day. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it takes the right kind of mood. And I guess the right, you know, to a degree like, because I've gotten really good at sort of separating music from sonics in a sense, and you know, like the Smiths have a very reverby '80s kind of sound. Yeah, which nice might be part. They had no keyboard, so it's yeah. still all they're a guitar band. I feel like that but... '80s sound is just as much, like, so important to 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 their personality, though, and like the songs that they were making, and, and sort of true. why people identify with them because it's sort of cold, and that that yeah. like that vibe is very important to the Smiths. It's true; they really couldn't have made that music in any other era. But, uh, but yeah, like I get why sort of people, you know, that sort of, that sort of sonic quality turns a lot of people off yeah. immediately. Yeah. That's but I've, of... I've not only gotten used to it, but come to embrace it when it's, when the band is really good. I think you have to when, when it's a band like the Smiths, yeah. you know, it's, it's such a, such an obvious part of their identity that it's, you know, without it, it's, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't imagine them sounding warm. Yeah. But yeah, they're a band that I feel like I should listen to, um, Jesus and the Mary Chain are a band I feel like I should listen to, and Echo and the Bunny Men are like both. Those are all bands that I feel like I won't like, but should listen to for some reason. <laughs> like I'm supposed to. Like I have like some so you duty. Hip credits. Yeah, I have like some duty to listen to like kind of dour alternative rock music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I had my phase with that already. Like when I was like way into the Smiths and the Cure and Joy Division. Yeah. All bands who I continue to love. Yeah. So I guess that was sort of, I already, I earned my stripes. Yeah, you, you <laughs> I'm never going did. back there. Which is funny. It's funny because you listen to like less indie rock and, and music that would be influenced by that stuff than mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's true. But I don't like any of those bands really. Yeah. I haven't, li- I haven't really listened to the other two at all. I might like them. Who knows? Yeah. But speaking of alternative rock and, and those kinds you of bands. Enjoy Division. They're the best. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I, I need to try Unknown Pleasures and, and, yeah. and get that. But, uh, 
I listened, re-listened, rediscovered, I guess, um, in the airplane over the sea, which is obviously an album that I love. But it's like I, 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 ha- I don't, you know, I haven't listened to that album in a long, long time, probably years at this point. Wow. Since I've listened to the full album. For me, it's been probably half a year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was sort of going into it and being like, all right, what I remember of this album that I love is that, like, it's mostly acoustic songs and there's a couple noise tracks. And I totally forgot that that album is incredibly noisy and fucking awesome because of it. Like, yeah, I forgot totally, yeah. just how noisy well, that album is. Well, and that's what's interesting about, like, their first album is straight up electric guitar yeah. noise, and the second one incorporates all the acoustic folk kind of influences without actually shedding the personality they already had, yeah. and it really just enhances what they do. Yeah. I just, I forgot just, like, all the dense, dense layers of fucking fuzz they put on stuff and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, well, that band's so special because they're kind of the only band in the Elephant Six collective who don't sound like they're you know, who aren't a sort of homage to the 60s. Yeah, a little bit. They have such a unique... Though their first album does still have those elements, for sure. It has those influences, but it's still, you know, it it doesn't... It never feels like regurgitation. Not to take anything away from some of those great Elephant Six bands, but, you know, they're all clearly trying to sound like they're from the 60s. Neutral Milk Hotel you know, have as much influence from those bands as any other rock band, but they're never trying to sound like those bands. Yeah. Um, yeah, got to listen to In the Aeroplane Over the Sea as I was in an aeroplane over the sea. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. Boom. That was, that was pretty good. Uh, that, that, that maybe made me like it more. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, yeah. The end of that album is like... The end of that album one is of the few. It's one of the few kind of musical moments that will make me shed a tear every time I listen to it. I forgot about how awesome the end of that album is, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That album fucking earned earns all the praise it gets for sure um which i which i totally forgot about i was like oh you know it was like you know i like that album a lot or i did like that album a lot and then it was like yeah but i don't really feel like listening to it ever but yeah now i because one of those albums with the you you made such a part of your life that you know it's just you never need to listen to it. i mean i gotta say i never really made it part of my life like i always really loved that album but it was never like oh my god this is the best album ever yeah i sort of feel like that now yeah yeah i guess i guess you're (laughs) having that phase now having to rediscover it like that yeah man that album's really good um do you have anything else I i have more things but yeah i mean i have more things too all right go do it um what what are we at 55 minutes keep it going um, I have so nine, so another band who I f- got into while you were gone was the Cramps, and the Cramps oh, yeah. are really awesome. I never got too heavily into the Cramps. Yeah, well, they're a band who I always want to get into because you know thematically they have everything I want in a band, which is all this kind of B movie yep. influenced horror lyrics. And First stuff. album has a zombie on the cover. Yes, you know. Uh, wait. Which one? One of the Cramps albums has. I think. Are you thinking like the Bad Muse for Bad People logo? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's like yellow, yellow yeah, record yeah. cover. Yeah. I don't know if that's a zombie. I think it's supposed it's to be some a kind. Of. It looks like a zombie with a mohawk. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, they were cool because they kind of came out during the whole like punk movement and stuff, 
but they played rockabilly and you know it's just really i think a lot of critics really kind of nail it by referring to it as kind of swampy rockabilly because it sounds really swampy Mm -hmm. and i feel like that term just is such a perfect descriptor of so much music but i don't really understand why (laughs) i just know that it i just i just get it like when you call music swampy i know what that means yeah yeah yeah. i agree it's you can't really define what swampy is yeah it's like voodoo swampy music (laughs) because and that's truly what it sounds like yeah and so, yeah, it's really quick. I listened to their first two albums. Uh, the first one's called Songs the Lord Taught Us. And the second one is called Psychedelic Jungle, which is even swampier, but less uh, less appealing song-wise, I feel, than the first album, which sort of like was each song was just like instant sort of like, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's sweet because like I, you know, I've, I really sort of, overkilled the misfits in my life so i just kind of can't really listen to them that much anymore and the cramps are nice because they offer sort of an alternative to the misfits and how they bring the same kind of themes and feel with entirely different style of music yeah i found it interesting how much you like punk bands that have b-movie themes because you don't really like b-movies like but I, you that's know, the thing, though. I don't like the movies themselves because they're usually boring. But I've always loved the kind of horror theme, you know. And I always, right. and so it, like that sort of whole kitschy kind of thing appeals to me. Like I love the kind of kitschy horror kind of monsters sort of thing. But also, you know, Alice Cooper was sort of the beginning of my journey into rock music, and so like that whole kind of the idea of like horror theatrics combining with music has always excited mm. me. Yeah, fair enough. That's cool. And I love the genre of horror, just not the B movies. <laughs> yeah, you don't like like the really schlocky shit, which yeah, is uh, which is funny. Like, I like it in theory, but <laughs> not to sit and spend an hour and a half. I watching. sort of feel the same way. Like Nightmare on Elm Street was a movie that I felt I should have loved. That was a fun movie, though. That like, movie was I, fun. I enjoyed yeah. that movie. Yeah, like there there's some good things in that movie, but like I didn't, you know, it wasn't. Uh, wasn't but I feel like I that movie's less boring than like the '50s B movies. Oh yeah, '50s B movies are mostly uninteresting. Right, and I those still are have the ones that... I still have the Ed Wood collection, which I have not watched and i really that must be brutal no that i'm sure it's i'm sure it's sweet watch. no i bet you it's sweet Maybe. i bet you it's good we should do it we should watch those movies i don't know i don't know if i have it in me i mean sure i'm sure it'd be fun <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah um so yeah the cramps cool stuff psycho billy as they called it i love i used to love psycho billy yeah newer psycho billy I used to be really into tiger army yeah, I remember that band. That was a cool band. Tiger Army were a cool band that I don't know if I can objectively look at anymore. Right. Like, it's like, I don't know if I can tell you that they're good or That's bad That's the weird thing. Like, anymore. I feel that way about everything I listened to when I was young, but I just don't know what I actually think about it anymore. Yeah. And, like, I don't even know if I like it or yeah. not. That's sort I of how I feel. That's really how I feel, I guess, mostly about Dream Theater, who I'm pretty sure I don't, I like, I don't like Dream Theater, but can I say they're bad? Yeah, I think they're probably bad. <laughs> but I also <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But it's also like I'm I'm kind of confused. Like I still have not rated those albums on Sputnik because like I I don't know. I yeah. don't know what I can say. I don't know if I think they're shitty. Really, mm-hmm. I feel like I probably do. I listen to them and I don't think they're good. I think they're kind of cheesy, and I can't believe I was into them for such a long time. But like at the same time, I don't know if I can call them bad. Yeah. I think they're probably pretty good. They're skilled, exactly. But and I imagine sometimes some emotion must show in their music. Yeah, but it's always very like cheesy emotion. Like it's mm-hmm. very you know James Labrie is a uh, is a very over the top singer, right. which is how as prog. it should be. Yeah, yeah, as it should be. But I don't know. You should listen to Dream Theater and get back to me on that. 
I've tried. I've tried to get into. What did you Peter. listen to out of curiosity? I think I listened to Metropolis Part Two. I uh, see. I used to love that album. I think that was why. I think you suggested it to me. Maybe. I used to like that album a lot. Awake is probably. I don't know. Awake has a more like old school proggy kind of feel. Hmm. Oh, it's also a little bit more metally. I don't know. I don't know. I would. I. I want to recommend it, but I don't know if I can actually recommend it or not. <laughs> I just don't know. And I can't like listening to it doesn't help me figure it out. Exactly because you, know? you have you already have heavy associations with it. Yeah, and I still don't like it. Like I never listen to Dream Theater. I never feel the need to listen to Dream Theater at all. Mm-hmm. But I still feel weird judging those albums because I just don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, what was I talking about leading into that <laughs> band that I, I didn't know, know if I could recommend or not? Right. Um. um oh, Tiger Army. Yeah, Tiger Army. I should re-listen to Tiger Army, actually. Because yeah, I'd even like to give Tiger Army a, another shot. I used to really like their second album, which is called The Power of Moonlight. Um, their first album's back in the day. I used to love their first album as well. Their third and fourth are both terrible. Don't listen to them. I, right, that's third, when they kind of got poppy, right? Yeah, their fourth one was just really bad. It could have just been that I was sort of just out of the mood at that point. Because, you know, that came out probably near, right, the, near the, the tail thing. end it's of high like, school. You, you so. know, it's weird how there's so much, you know, I'm realizing more and more how much getting into albums and stuff is just all about a moment and a frame of mind. Yeah. You know, it gets you at the right moment or it doesn't. And well, like, someone, Chuck Klosterman talked about that in one of his articles of like how music reviewing is totally subjective and how one time he like gave a terrible review, like he trashed an album, but it was mostly just because he was feeling shitty. That's right. I remember that article. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just it. It's pretty crazy yeah it's 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 very much to do with where you are in a place and and you can't really talk about it objectively yeah really at all um but yeah so i don't know i, I could have just been out of the moment their third one isn't bad it's it's just kind of boring it has a couple it has the first song on that album is amazing um and then after that it's sort of just kind of this mid-tempo kind of thing mm-hmm. i still think i find I, I, th- I still think i find tiger army cool like in high school, I listened to a lot of boring hard rock that I listen to now, and it's like, well, I understand why I liked this in high school. I can't listen to it anymore, but I kind of get it, even though it is kind of boring mid-tempo hard rock. Example. And then um, the L.A. Guns, for one example. And then you know, and th- but then I think about you know today, if I tried to get into a band like that, I would just think it's you know I wouldn't. There would be nothing I identify with. Yeah. But these because they're songs I already know. It's like I can still sing along and rock yeah, out yeah, to yeah. them. That's the other thing is like, you know, that the the familiarity of it. Mm-hmm. You might not actually like it. You might not actually think it's good, but you're gaining this sort of familiarity that makes you identify with it. Yeah. Regardless. Definitely. Oh, weird shit, man. Listening to music is a weird thing. Yeah, it's super weird. It's I mean, the weirdest weird. thing is sitting here and talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's, you know, on its own it's not really that weird, you know, it's just it's just natural. Yeah. What's weird is being able to step outside of that experience yeah. and reflect upon it. Very strange. Very elusive. Yeah, very elusive. Like, you know, I was, for the last year and a half of my life, obsessed with Kiss. And, you know, it reached a point in the last bunch of months of that obsession where I didn't like Kiss anymore. (laughs) I hated myself and I hated Kiss. (laughs) And they were the only thing I'd ever 
listen to and put on when I'd be like cinema. And I'd be like, I don't want to listen to this shit, but I have to listen to it. <laughs> and, and I started to realize that it was almost like a regression because of how much, you know, like of just kind of trying to sort of like reconnect with where I was in high school, whatever, rather than going, you know, further exploring exciting music as I had been doing prior to my mm-hmm. Kiss obsession and just to kind of go to something simple that I just understood. And, you know, and so I subsequently created a really deep mythology for myself and Kiss and how we relate. And, you know, Chuck Klosterman helped me with that. <laughs> and it just became this whole big mess of my life that I, you know, I really kind of needed to go out and see some jam bands play to, <laughs> to shake it. I really just needed another band that's very easy to go deep into a rabbit hole into to yeah. replace the first one. But that's the thing, you know, it's something that just, you know, feels, you know, it just like, even if the Grateful Dead are now, you know, are at the moment at least most of my listening, it still, it does a lot more for me than Kiss because firstly it just offers so much more because of all the sort of you know the improvisation there's all different shows to Mm. listen to where stuff is played differently and you know and there's just like there's just a soul to it that you know Kiss obviously don't possess you know that's the whole thing they're sort of (laughs) anti-soul uh yeah there's an interesting thing like the the one thing I like the thing I don't like and find that the reason why I don't like a lot of like Grateful Dead fans and Fish fans and stuff is that like I find that they, they only listen to like that one band, right? And I think that is, used to bother me until I became a part me of the so cult. Much. It honestly bothers me so much because like yeah, you know I, I understand that every show is different and, and that's important and I get that I can I can understand that I I study jazz and shit you know I, mm-hmm. I get all that stuff but it's like texture wise you're getting the same stuff. Everything kind of sounds. It has um, the same general sound to a degree, but like which is why Grateful I could Dead, never do it because the Grateful I have to Dead and their influence. You know, their influences show in so many different ways that you still you get a lot of different textures. Um, but yeah, you know, it really is just a cult. Like when you go to that show and you're in the right mindset to be at that show and to love it, it becomes hard to identify with anything else after yeah. that. So I really understand the experience of those people. Um, I get the experience. I think it's a bad thing, though. Generally. Yeah. I think getting so heavy um, into a band that it's the only thing you can listen to for, like, it's not, you know, it's one thing to have, like, a phase or whatever, or just to have a band that you love. Obviously, I have a ton of bands that I love and obviously go back to all the time. But it's, like, I found I find a lot of Dead and Fish fans, and just, I guess, jam fan, jam bands in general, but especially Fish and Grateful Dead, they're the, the predominant ones. They're the two good ones. <laughs> there's others. There, there's plenty of other good there, ones. Like, there are jam but... bands that I legitimately like, other than Fish, who I'm sort of ambivalent towards, and Grateful Dead, who I despise. Yeah, well, um, Fish or Ben, I think you're going to like one day when you are ready to sort no, of accept them no. on their own merits. That's the thing. You know, I, I realize, you, you know what? You I realize. judge them on their fans. I realize the reason why I don't like jam bands, or the reason why I think they're uninteresting, is that when I, was at, when I used to be at camp, they were always playing. Mm hmm. Which which isn't why they bore me. It's just that I associate it. It was always playing while we were doing other things. So I associate that music with just like background noise. Like to me, that music is nothing music. It doesn't do anything to me. Right. And I, and I think that's also what's it's kind like, of It's like uh, it's like, it's um who do they call it? Eric Satie, who was a, a very early new music uh, composer, used to, used to do this thing that he called uh, furniture music. Right. Which which also like which Brian kind of Eno, Brian Eno. yeah, which is kind of what Brian Eno does and takes influence from of just like this music that's in the background and is like not really meant to be listened to and just is nothing music like doesn't really do anything, it's just kind of there yeah. and that's how I feel about Fish and Grateful Dead because that's how they that's what they always were. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I think jam music is kind of you know can totally just be sort of in the background. I think, I guess it. 
again, it really comes that you know you fall into the cult or you fall on the other I side. I guess so. Yeah. And I guess like you know, for those of us who are in the cult, just like every sound impacts us so much. And I can totally understand as someone who used to fall on the other side why it does kind of just feel like it's nothing. Um, as opposed to everything. And I guess yeah. it's weird how you kind of have to fall on one side or the other almost. Yeah. If you fall in the middle, I guess, like, yeah, this is good music. And yeah. then it just. I will never farther. get into the Grateful Dead. I've, I've reached my point. I hate the Grateful Dead. I hate them. I really <laughs> such hate Such a shame them. because they're so much better than Fish, too. Like, they're such an no, incredible. What I like band. about what the cool is the, what, the one band. thing that I do like about Fish is that they do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, they're weird. Is, yeah, they're weird in a way that I, that I appreciate. I still don't like them. I also think, like, you know, the thing about Fish is they have a lot of songs that are kind of boring and that, like, I kind of like because I'm into them and whatever and, like, yeah. I like the jams. But then they have a lot of songs that are actually really, like, interesting and, you know, the ones that clearly take influence from the Talking Heads and Zappa and Prog Rock. Yeah. The yeah, and that's that the stuff like, that I like yeah. for, by Fish. The stuff that isn't jammy. And I feel like there's a lot of those songs that you would like that you don't actually know yet. I know a lot of Fish songs. Not by name, but I know a lot of Fish songs. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it. Um, I my uh, my original point was that like those the, a lot of people who are into that, those bands sort of like get so into those bands that that's all they listen to, and I don't think that's a good thing. I think it's better to have a, a wide range of experiences you know, than, than sort of have. I one agree thing. that variety is good. Variety is always good. Um, on one hand, being a at the further show in Bethel, which was the last one I was at, it was kind of eye-opening in that I, you know, it's that's not quite the case as much as I even thought it was. Like, you know, because you get there, you get to the camp, and you know everybody's blasting the band out mm-hmm. of their cars and stuff, and it's like you're listening to the same thing all the time. When we got back from the show that night, they were playing all different kind of like you know right, soul you told, yeah, and stuff yeah, in the air, right? Kind of and right. it was like cool, like you guys all want to party to something that isn't the Grateful Dead tonight. Yeah, and and you know it's. That's pretty cool. Because, you know, a lot of those people are kind of like the old hippies who were around in those days and listened to all of those bands and kind of, you know, continue to. It's just the amount of time given to that one band. Because because they're able to have that amount of time, you know? Like, there's only so many times I can listen to Jimi Hendrix albums, even if the his live albums were jam albums, mm-hmm. there's still only so many recordings that exist. Right. Yeah, 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 of course. But there's just a well of... Well, that's what um, that's what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, of just, like, mm-hmm. whether the uh, the fact that they have the, that show is available is what is what makes that... Yeah, that and, I, and I think devoted. it goes hand yeah. in hand. I think yeah. because I think it's available, right. we want it, and, like, we want it because it's available. Yeah. And we want it because we want it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, fuck jam bands. <laughs> uh, you don't mean that. You know you don't. No, I don't. I don't entirely mean that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not a. An, an, a 100% hater. Mm-hmm. I'm only like a 70, 88% <laughs> hater. Haters are just so silly in general. No, no. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I know. No, I know you're just. I would never. I, yeah. I would never actually like. You know, I will judge a band on their own merits, yeah. and whether they're a jam band or not doesn't really matter to me. As long right, as they're, it's all just as long as labels. I like them, you know, Fish don't even like being called a jam band, and like yeah. the Grateful Dead were the original jam yeah. band. They existed like, long before that term existed. That's the thing. I can say that I generally don't like jam bands, but I do like Humphreys McGee a lot, only mm-hmm. because they're not really a jam band. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, let's get off this topic. I'm I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm done. Done. Done with jam. Band. All right, but it's a never-ending discussion. With, I know, and it'll it'll keep going on. But I think we, I think we've had enough for today. It's true. Yes. Yeah.
I agree. I have other things that I listen to, actually. Um, and then I want to bring up a piece of news. I have a little bit that I listen to as well. Okay. Um, so Dan Deacon's new album, I'm not sure if it's actually out yet, but it's streaming on NPR right now. And it's really fucking good. Is it the one that was playing in your car? No, no, that was his first album, um, which I think his new album is actually better than, though it could just be because I'm kind of sick of that first album. I listen yeah. to it a lot. It's called America. It's um, America. Always a good title. Yep. And yeah, it's it's. I mean, it sounds like a Dan Deacon album. Like it's very, very unique, um, kind of out there electronic music. That's sort of little spastic and sort of sort of optimistic and, and sort of peppy and a lot of sounds that again, like a lot of bands that I like, probably a lot of sounds that would annoy a lot of people. Um, which like I think. What? what like what kind of sounds? Like just a lot of like sort of high pitched sounds and just like a lot of a lot of sort of optimistic energy. Which I think pisses people off. <laughs> yeah, like, people don't like bands that are optimistic. No, not too optimistic. No, unless they're like vapid pop bands, mm-hmm. like in the mainstream and shit. Like people don't like when people sing about happy things, which I find to be kind of weird. I mean, that's an interesting people don't like people don't like like from from my experience bands that are sort of uppity. Like a lot of bands that I like, like the Aukbats or Bomb the Music Industry or Dan Deacon or uh, or uh, it's like bands that are, that sort of are like that. Sort of fast and energetic, or like, or like fun. A lot of people find fun annoying. Rightly I so. Hate fun. Yeah, rightly so. Oh, rightly so. Terrible. That's an. Oh, I like fun. I think fun are good <laughs> oh, bands. They're awful. But I, I, I can understand the hatred of fun. <laughs> I can, I can get that. But like a lot of bands that I like that are sort of optimistic and sort of happy and sort of have this this almost happy go lucky vibe. I mean, Bond Music Industry are not, you know, lyrically not happy, but you know they're sort of this spastic, um, high energy thing. A lot of people like hate that stuff. Yeah. I think it's because it sounds too optimistic, and they, I think a lot of people associate optimistic with annoying, which is weird, which yeah. is strange to well, me. Well, because they're all unhappy with their lives. <laughs> I guess They so. don't want to hear music that reminds them that people can actually be happy. Or, yeah, or like ska music, which again, like things. ska music's another genre that I can understand people not liking. I used to hate ska before I got I into I also think ska. there's just a lot of misconceptions about it, though. Like, I remember a friend of ours from high school. I'm not going to bother naming names. Yeah, sure. Um, a sweet dude. Uh um, <clears throat> he said something about how like his problem with those Scott punk bands and it's particularly with the Aquabats is that he felt that they were all just trying to like out wacky each other yeah. and I just felt like it was just sort of um, at the time I think I even agreed with him more than I do when I think about it today I think it's just sort of it's not necessarily totally inaccurate but it's just a little misguided maybe mm-hmm. that it's just sort of yeah. like the Aquabats are an example of a band being as wacky as possible but most of the other ska punk bands aren't really like that. No, they're not wacky. Yeah. I think, but that's the thing is like I think people associate that sort of you know again it's like that uppity that that like very high energy uh, sort of fast uh, sort of optimistic sounding tone to people just sounds wacky. It's like out there because they're using trumpets and, and trombones and sort of have those upstrokes and that yeah. sort of optimistic vibe. And I guess it's another thing, you know, like jam music that's just kind of a cult and you kind yeah. of fall Ska, in one I side mean, or yeah, the other. Yeah, ska is definitely, definitely that, that same cult that I was definitely a part of. Yeah, me too. And that I still am to an extent. Mm-hmm. I don't really listen I'd still to ska feel that much. like I was, like I still feel like I am when I go yeah. to shows and yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 definitely. I guess there's just like, there used to be a point where I would try to keep up with like new ska bands or right. like I would get into like, Sort of the 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 B and C list ska bands of the '90s and stuff. And well, that's I'm what you of, do when you've absorbed. A yeah, genre yeah, yeah, so yeah. Much. And I'm sort of past that point now. Like I'm not listening to fucking Skank and Pickle anymore, right? Or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, like for you know, I like because I've I've just been looking for another band to fill the niche of sort of improvisational rock bands like The Dead and Fish, mm. and so I've get actually to been jazz, getting, man. Well, that's the thing. I want to like, listen jazz. to more jazz for yeah. sure. 
um, but I've been listening to some String Cheese Incident. And I don't they like have like at all. they have really bad songs, which is why I've never liked them. But they have some really awesome jams, and so it's pretty cool. Like it's weird, you know. I think they really epitomize that kind of mm. like jam band sort of like who doesn't make good songs, <laughs> but when they get into like hot jams, it gets like real. See, hot. and that's why I hate the String Cheese Incident because like they mm-hmm. don't because I'm I'm very I'm songs first and then right. jams because I think that's what's important. And I think I I guess I used to be that way, but the deeper I'm getting into jams, yeah. the deeper I'm getting like into even the, that's that's how, that's even that's even how I feel about jazz. Like jazz to me, first off is like is the song good, and yeah. then is the improvisation based on that song good? Mm-hmm. Second. You know, the first thing is like the melodic sense and whether I like sort of the main hook because they're going to be going back to that main hook eventually yeah. and they're going to be using that to, to solo over and that kind of stuff. So like to me, you need to have that good bass first before you go beyond that bass. It's true. Um, yeah. I mean, the worst part about String Cheese is their vocalist. He's just like really bad. Like every jam band, it seems, except for those two big ones, just have like really bland vocalist. I've actually it's always liked, trend. I mean, I, again, I like Umphreys McGee, but I've always mm-hmm. liked Umphreys McGee's vocalist. I don't, I don't even He's really also kind of bland. Like. Umphreys McGee sound like a progressive rock band. Right. That, that's that's what I imagine. Yeah. Like, they're, they sound like a progressive rock band with metal influences. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of guitar heroics mm-hmm. in a sort of more, um, more constructed way than, than something like Fish or, right. or whatever or what have you. Um, yeah, yeah, but even even the Emperor's McGee vocalist is like pretty bland. He's not interesting. Even you know, like fucking uh, Trey Anastasio isn't an interesting vocalist. I he's not a good vocalist. He, he matches. He matches with with Fish That's just very it, though. Well. He's not bland. He has a lot of personality in his voice. I don't. That's what's nah, I don't think he has personality at all. He mm-hmm. like he he is distinct in his own way, and he fits with that band really really well. But he is not like an interesting vocalist. I, no. Um, but he's he. I still don't find him to be bland, and that's the thing. Like he do, he's not, you know, because he has a distinct voice. He doesn't sound like the singer of Mo or the singer of String Cheese, yeah. who all just sound like, just like, the same boring singer. Yeah, that's sort of someone uh, on my trip who was a really cool guy who I'm hopefully gonna hang out with um, once he moves back to Thornhill because he's living downtown right now, but he's moving out very soon. Um, he introduced me to a band called. Casey something? Casey Roberts? That's KC someone else. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking of, but it's it's not. It's another band, but they also spell it with KC. Mm-hmm. I forget what they were called. Casey Roberts, maybe? KFC. Yeah. And they were like a really cool band who have a terrible vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's always yeah. It's hard to reconcile, especially in the gym. And we're like, Disco Biscuits are a really cool band with a really boring vocalist, too. Yeah, Disco Biscuits are a boring band. No, they have really cool stuff. They have a lot of stuff you would like, actually, because they have... Really? A lot of kind of like the electronica jam style, and they right. do some really okay. groovy stuff with that. SCS9 don't have a vocalist, right? I don't think so. Good. Which is what's kind of cool. Yeah, SCS9. But I, I've always found cool them kind of boring. I also find them kind of boring. I, I feel like 65 Days of Static do what STS9 does, but better mm-hmm. um, and more interesting. But uh, yeah, I still. I still like them. I think they're a cool band. Yeah. I'm sure cool if I bands. saw them live, I would love them. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're a really jam neat live band. Is all about. Anyways, no more fucking jam bands. I'm sick of it. No more talking about them. I'm done. Um, Dan Deacon is good. Dan Deacon rules. Go listen to America. It's really fucking good. Um, I was also listening at work the other day because I've been I've been working back at the Crafts Warehouse, right? Ye old Crafts Warehouse, um, for the past couple days, like just today and yesterday, and I'll be working there for the next week. But that's uninteresting. I don't even know why I said it. Um, 
But I was uh, I reexamined uh, Husky's album Forever. So Husky do Husky do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Husky are. I think I talked about them briefly a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely I did. And like I, I, I made the Husky do joke. <laughs> right. Uh, I still don't love them. I think they're not like the best band ever or anything. And I think that album is not amazing. But they do some. They do do some interesting things. And they have. Uh, they have one or two or maybe even three songs on that album that are fucking amazing like breathtaking and then the rest is kind of like whatever but it's a, it's like a nice album it's like it's got some good vibes it's like you know it's it's nice and soft and makes you feel sad but in a good way and yeah <laughs> like all the best albums apparently <laughs> i guess so um yeah i just wanted to mention it because i've been listening to it and i think it's good if not amazing album. i think that band has a lot of potential yeah. They could be a really good band. They just don't really have like a sound yet. Like they haven't really, they haven't really carved out anything unique for themselves yet. They just write pretty cool folk songs. All right. Yeah. Do you have anything else before I we? I have uh, a few more albums. Okay. That, I, that I'd like to mention. Yeah, we can we can keep going. Uh, actually, we kind of have to wrap it up somewhat soon. And there's a new story I want to mention, but okay. you you can. Talk uh, okay, I'll, I'll make these about some stuff. quick then. Because I, I want to toss in the rest of what I've been listening to while yeah, you're yeah, gone. Yeah, for, for sure. So one thing I got really into, as much as just kind of bringing it back into the jam realm, is uh, is Oysterhead. Oh, Oysterhead are kind of cool. Yeah, Oysterhead are super yeah. cool. So I was a band with Trey Anastasio from Fish, playing with Les Claypool from Primus, and Stuart Copeland, the drummer for The Police. Yeah. And they made some really cool rock music together. Um I remember when I first listened to them thinking their songs were kind of disappointing, like having a couple songs that were amazing. That's how I felt the first time yeah. I listened to them, too. But then, like, now, I guess maybe because I'm just more of a Fish fan now, I was able yeah. to just embrace them more. I, I, I'd like to try Osterhead again because I, I love, obviously, I love Les Claypool. I'm a huge Primus fan. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, I think Stuart Copeland is an amazing drummer. Yeah, and so Oysterhead, you know, that kind of brought me into being more, you know, I wanted, I've been trying to kind of work my way into Les Claypool. Yes. Starting, but going backwards from, you know, his kind of, you know, more jam stuff. So the band that I that i got into uh have you heard of I'm, I'm sure you are familiar with les claypool's uh fearless flying frog yep. brigade yeah so they released an album called live set one and two and two they do all of animals by pink floyd and oh, cool. one is just a set with like just that must like be funny to hear songs. les claypool singing animals. yeah it's pretty weird <laughs> <laughs> and but the first one's so cool like they have such an awesome awesome band and like they i guess they're kind of a jam band but it's like there's still a lot of kind of metal in there and just like just generally weird or more prog stuff like i think uh les claypool described them as a frank zappa meets pink floyd meets king crimson type thing and that's a pretty fair thing right to on. refer to that band i never really listened to frog brigade you should i much. think you'd really like yeah it. i might it's, i might i mean i love les claypool pretty so crazy stuff i loved les claypool before he mm -hmm. broke my heart by turning primus into a fucking jam band i don't think primus ever really did become a jam band. i think less no, no no they are a jam band now the no now they are very much they have been it's a jam he, band you know for when a while. i looked at like their new album like those are, it still seems like concise stuff like they're all they are it is they, they are short songs but when they go live they jam they're jam out, out mm -hmm. and it becomes sort of this kind of unfocused and not great they're like mm -hmm. not a very good jam band they're not yeah. great at it some of the stuff they do is cool but but yeah the flying frog Gray is actually really interesting really kind of like cutting edge Sort of. It's funny, actually. They, you know, he he brought the band together f to play a jam festival, and he wanted yeah. to call them like Les Claypool's Thunder Brigade or something. And the people in charge of the festival were like, uh, "The jam scene will think that sounds too heavy metal. You can't, <laughs> you can't call your band that." That's and he was funny. like, "Okay, Flying Frog Brigade, it is." Mm, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Pretty funny. Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains is a pretty cool band. That was one with Buckethead. Yeah, it's Buckethead and uh, the second drummer, or I guess technically the third drummer of Primus. Mm. They have some pretty cool songs. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's, that's a really exciting album. Um, and then, you know, st- just one more thing sticking into the same theme um, is a Trey Anastasio band album called The Horseshoe Curve. And what's really cool about this album... Which one? The Horseshoe Curve is what it's called. And it's uh, it doesn't... Unlike mo- like Trey's solo albums... Actually, there's actually a pretty interesting variety of stuff in his over that aren't all sort of like you know, him sort of trying to do singer-songwriter stuff. Firstly, what's really cool about his band is they have all these horns and they're really kind of funk-oriented. But the Horseshoe Curve in particular is an album that has no vocals Mm. and very little guitar playing. It's very focused on him, I guess, sort of being the band leader and kind of focusing on, you know, taking his band through all these sort of funk workouts that are very kind of in the spirit of kind of, uh, I guess there's a lot of 70s sort of funk stuff and like, you know, like Afro sort of funk in particular is what it reminds me of the most stuff like Fela Kuti and, uh, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a really cool album. That's really unique for his catalog. Yeah, that sounds all right. Um, <clears throat> lastly, I suppose this in a sense relates to all the fish I've been listening to as well, but I, uh, I've been getting back into the talking heads mm, cool. and, uh, particularly into their live album, which was my favorite of theirs in high school. And I don't know when I sort of forgot about it and just lost touch with it, but it's called the name of this band is talking is talking heads and it's, it's really an good incredible album. album. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, it's like the first disc is all their 70s stuff when they were just a weird funky punk band. And the second disc is all like eighties performances when they were that with a whole bunch of extra members. So they sounded more like a genuine funk band. Yeah. The talking heads are a really interesting band who I don't think quite get their due. Yeah, the all talking the time. heads get their due. I guess they do. Maybe by not the from the people you talk to, but the talking heads very, very much. Get you're their right. Due. You're right. They're definitely appreciated as the important band that they are. Yeah. Yeah, they're really. But I just band. want people to talk about them all. the I time. I love their first <laughs> album because their first album sounds like David Byrne is in another room entirely. And it's just like this band that got together and they're like, hey, we want to be a funk band. And then someone's mom came and was like, now you have to let your cousin David sing. <laughs> and it's like it's so he's so displaced on that album. And it's kind of it creates this really interesting tension mm. in all of those songs. Yeah. Not that their first album is their best album by any means, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, well, like I like their first two albums, but those songs are all so much better live. Yeah, definitely. They groove way definitely. harder. Definitely. And like David Byrne has so much more energy. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. David Byrne is a really interesting vocalist live. Like, yeah. he's an interesting vocalist, vocalist always, but live especially, he gets, like, super warbly, yeah. and it's weird to see him, you know, you don't think of David Byrne as much of a front man, really. You sort of think of him as this, like, weird, just this kind of weird voice. Mm-hmm. And then you have to see him, like, in the front of a band, actually, like, dancing and doing things, and it's weird. Yeah, David Byrne's a really <laughs> it's interesting It's really bizarre. Guy. Especially in person. Like, in person, he seems so kind of quiet and reserved. Yeah, I don't know. I I I have no read on David Byrne. <laughs> yeah, like there's this interview, and it's David Byrne in like the mid '90s interviewing Fish. But if you didn't know any better, and you're watching the interview, you wouldn't really know he's interviewing them. You would just kind of think they're all sitting in a room talking. Yeah. So it's, it's well, because that's what happens weird. when you have celebrities talking to other celebrities. Yeah, I guess that's, that's sort I guess of, that's true. Yeah. They like uh this band this this magazine that I used to subscribe to was called Under the Radar and they used to do a lot of that kind of stuff like musicians interviewing other musicians and doing that kind of thing and yeah, it, it ends up becoming more of like a like a, a, a two-way discussion mm-hmm. more than an interview of one thing. 
Um, yeah, the one I, I I have to go to band practice, but the one news story I wanted to bring up, which happened the day I was leaving for Israel and and really put a damper on my mood, is that Bond the music industry are breaking up. Right, which yeah. is that was really, yeah, you supremely sad, extremely. Oh God, because they're at this point, you know, my favorite kind of non-classic punk band. Right. And it's pretty upsetting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess they just want to do. They want to have like a full time job. The way the way there's there's a really long message on the bottom of the music industry uh, Tumblr that you can read hmm. that talks about it. So they're they're doing this tour now. They want to do other tours. They they put out a call. Right. To they're like, gonna come back to Canada at least once more. Probably not now. Really, it's like in the thing he kind of said. Like, no, he was sort of like, you know, this isn't like it's just like because he was saying this is our last tour of the states, but we're still gonna we're still hoping to come I think, and hit up Canada. No, again, no, so. no. He didn't say Canada. I think what he means is like Europe. And the places that they haven't really been to, like that's yeah. that's kind of what he means. Um, oh, I hope they come back. Here. I don't think they will, which is That'll means it's a really good thing we saw them that one time. Yeah, it might be the last. Yeah, show it might here. be the last time. But uh, you know what he said was basically like the two months that we're in the music industry are amazing, and then everything else is kind of shit because none of us have like full time jobs right. that are reliable, and and they all kind of suck. And I know like Jeff, I know is getting married. Hmm. Um, such a shame. Soon, such or a, just like, got incredible married. band. You know, still has day jobs. Yeah, that's the bummer of the music industry. Yeah, um, a bummer. The bummer, of bummer, the bummer industry. of the music industry. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's happening. I mean, what he said was basically like, it doesn't mean they're totally done. Like, they still like each other. It mm. wasn't like an internal problem. So if like if it works out, they could still get back together. Hopefully, quote unquote, will keep going anyway. And Jeff, I Rogan think it will. will still do new projects. I imagine it will. Nothing has come out on quote unquote in a while, and nothing has come out on really records for a while either. Though they released a couple things in the past couple months. They released a new Sidekicks record, which I was gonna buy but didn't. Mm. Um, it was too expensive. But uh, yeah, so. I, It's His weird to think. Fell. It's weird to think of uh, of Jeff Rosenstock not writing songs. I yeah, imagine exactly. he always will. And and even in that news post, he put up a new song. That's true. Yeah. Um, and and th- I think they're still recording an album. Like he said, they might be recording a hardcore album in September. Oh yeah, he did say that. <laughs> and that that would be pretty, pretty rad. Cool. So. Yeah, I'm way yeah. I'm way into that. And you know, I, I I sort of after that I was listening to Vacation. Like Vacation is a good spot for them to end off on. You know, it's like, it's not a total downer. There's some optimism. It's probably their best album. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it kind of works. And if they want to put out this, this new album, I'm sure that'll be fucking great because Bomb Music Industry. But, uh, you know, Vacation's a pretty good, pretty good ender. Like, similarly to how I feel, like, with Rush, Clockwork Angels could very well be their last album. And I think it's, like, a very good album to leave off on. Mm-hmm. That's always, the you know, that's all you can really hope for. Yeah, a lot of the time that they end on a strong note yeah it's always better than making a mockery of a career yeah on a positive note how does andronicus are coming with a new album so at least at least i have that to listen to to look forward to cool punk wise um you know what else is news what chad kroger from nickelback and uh, avril lavigne are we talking about this are, getting are we married? gonna talk about this <laughs> no we don't have to talk about it. i just wanted to say it yeah that's weird <laughs> <laughs> she used to, she used to be married to fucking Derek, Derek from some yeah. 41 that's true yeah, that's an odd thing. I don't really care, right? Like, yeah, good for them if they're yeah, happy. Yeah, sure, sure. It's just, yeah, it was so it was a strange news. Yeah, because it's like, whoa. I thought it was a fake news. Story I didn't expect first. that. Me too. I didn't yeah. believe it. Yep. Whatever. Oliver Levine doesn't do anything anymore, so may as well marry the guy in the biggest rock band right now. Yeah. Apparently, they're very happy. So great. Good for them. 
He makes her laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. I'm not making this stuff up. Uh, Probably just plays them his records. Zing. Zing. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> on that note, this has been too loud, guys. Um, for what date is it? August twenty eighth. Um, if you want to follow along with us and listen to the stuff that we're talking about, we're going to put up links on twoloudguys.blogspot.com. As always, email us at twoloudguys at gmail.com. We'd love to hear the kind of shit you guys have to say. Because um, we know you listen, actually. I, I checked our I checked our feed the other day, and we definitely have more people than we used to, for realsies. So I know there are people out there listening to us yeah, other I, I than been, Sammy. I, I, know so, that, I know that some people have told me that they've listened. Yeah, yeah, some people, some surprising people. Yeah. So yeah, let us, uh, shoot us an email at twoloudguys, that's the word two, T-W-O, uh, at gmail.com. So that's twoloudguys at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. So yeah, uh, I'm Daniel Korn. And I'm Corey Gardner. This has been Too Loud, guys. We'll catch you next Monday. This is Tuesday right now, but I think we're going to go back to Mondays, I think. We'll talk about that after. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, yeah. Too Loud, guys. Too Loud, guys. Let's get a real guitar next time. <laughs> Word. <laughs>